Praise the Lord. Amen. Somebody has already stated, and I'm not going to name names, but um, I normally, in times past, used to preach about 20, 25 minutes. But here lately, y'all just got me stirred up. I'm, so I apologize if I preach too long. Uh, I'm, I will try to be uh, faithful to being consistent to God's Word, but also, Randy, I'm going to be willing to follow the Holy Spirit as well. Amen? Amen. Well, if you have your Bibles, turn with me to Acts chapter 26. Amen. <laughs> God is good. You know, I... I really feel like I need to go this different direction. Is that all right? I know I gave an outline, but I'm going to do something a little different. Turn with me to Luke chapter 17. Luke chapter 17. We'll use the outline a couple weeks from now. I'll print them again if I need to. Luke chapter 17. You know, we, we live in a time where even the word of God says when the Lord comes back, he says, will I find faith on the earth? And I believe that, that we are coming into a generation that is not necessarily faithless because society or statistics will tell us that this generation is more spiritually in tune than many generations of the past. The problem is that they're not connected to the right spirit. Amen. And so we are needing a move of God. We're needing people to grab a hold of faith. Faith, the Bible tells us, without faith it is impossible to please God. For those who come to Him must believe that He is and that He is a rewarder of them that diligently seek Him. We have to have faith. I mean, even uh, secular singers have sung about it. Got to have faith, the faith, the... oh. Ooh. I know, I can't help it. It's the shirt. But we have to have faith. And the thing is, is that some people get confused with the idea that my faith will move mountains. And it's really not necessarily your faith that moves mountains. It is God who moves mountains. It is your belief that you trust in Him and you know that He's able to and by faith I know that God will move my mountains. And so therefore we learn to have faith in God. We trust in Him and know that He's able to lead us and guide us. Amen? Amen. And so when I look at this in Luke chapter 17 starting with verse 9 Yes, you're exactly what she read my mind. I just, I'm like, oh, can you hold this for me, brother? It says, the apostles said to the Lord, increase our faith. Increase our faith. Can you say that with me? Increase our faith. Increase our faith. Do we really want to see God increase our faith? Do we really want God to just do something in our life that requires us to have a deeper and more extravagant faith? When I think about that, sometimes I realize that there are times that happens in life that we, 
wonder, God, are you there? And it's in those moments that God is increasing our faith. And, and, and in reality, I'm not sure if we really want God to increase our faith. Because when you look at what, what this apostle is actually speaking towards, you realize why he said, Lord, increase our faith. Because you have to go back to verse 1. It says, Jesus said to his disciples, things that cause people to stumble are, are bound to come. But woe to anyone through whom they come. Ooh, wait a minute. Ooh. In other words, it's impossible for you not to be offended. How many have ever been offended before? You just offended me by not raising your hand. <laughs> I mean, isn't it true? We all have been offended before. We've all had something that somebody said that it didn't agree with us. And we are offended by that. But it says, woe to those to whom, to anyone through whom they come. Whoa, wait a minute, wait a minute. Look, Elijah, there's going to be times that I say something that you're not going to agree with. And you've got to love me through that, bro. Don't be offended. <laughs> Don't let that distract you or deter you. Know that we're all humans, Right? Humans do broken things. And what we said last week, humans do broken things. Broken people do broken things. So don't expect people to do perfect things. It's kind of like somebody says, this world's going to hell in a handbasket. I'm like, well, it is the world. Would we expect them to do anything different? No. They don't know Jesus. That's why, that's why he called us. Because the world needs Jesus. How many know that everybody needs Jesus? And we exist because everybody needs Jesus. We are called because everybody needs Jesus. Everyone needs to hear the voice of God. Everyone needs to see ambassadors for the kingdom of God reaching the world. And you and I are called to be God's hands and feet to this world. Everybody needs Jesus. The old, the young, the sick, the broken, everyone. The wealthy, the unwealthy, everyone needs Jesus. Amen. And then he says this, he says... It would be better for them to be thrown into the sea with a millstone around, tied around their neck than to cause one of these little ones to stumble. Ooh, ooh, ooh. Wait a minute, Lord. That's pretty stout. It's pretty rough. How many of you realize that, that we are called to develop relationships? If you can't relate, you can't reach. Let me say that again. If you can't relate, you can't reach. In other words, I hear so many people talk about this generation or that generation. What have you done to understand? What have you done to relate to them to understand where they are? Because if you can't relate to them, you can't reach them. Look, the church world lost many in a generation of the 60s. Because they come out with their big bell bottoms and their long hair. And, and them holding this church is like, oh God, they're going, oh, they're going to hell. They weren't even allowed in the church. If they were, they were drugged to the altar. You need, to, you need Jesus right now. Because they didn't look like us. They didn't act like us, right? And they didn't smell like us. It was a free generation. Free with a lot of things. But the fact is, is because the church couldn't relate, they couldn't reach. 
And more than anything, they didn't just not reach, they turned them away in groves. And we're just now getting to this place where we're finally being able to reach because that generation is older and they're recognizing their need that this Jesus thing must have been something true, so they need Jesus. And, and, and what happened is, is not only did it cause that generation, their children don't need Jesus. Because they're like, well, if mom and daddy didn't have him, then I don't need him. But we've got to right the ship. Because we've got to learn to relate so that we can reach. Because, look, I don't want to be one with a millstone tied around my neck saying, well, you didn't reach that generation because you couldn't relate to them. Woo. Right? Because here's what, we, here's what happens is because we didn't relate, we then put rules on them. And how many of you know that rules without relationship equals rebellion? Hmm? Who do you think you are telling me what to do? You don't know me. You don't know what I've been through. You don't know my life. You don't know my struggle. You don't know my past. You have no right to speak into me. How many of you ever heard that? How many of you ever said that before? Be honest. Yeah, uh-huh. Yes. And so therefore, we have to learn to relate. Somebody says, well, why does these churches do this? Because they want to relate. Because they want to reach. Because they want to do something different. Because if you keep doing the same thing, you'll keep getting what you got. And at some point, you've got to be willing to do some changing so that you can reach somebody different. Amen. Amen. That's all right. We're not cookie cutters. We're not saying that this church has to be that church and that church has to be that. No. We are uniquely, I'll call a marvel church of God. We're uniquely who we are because we're a group of people that are blessed and unique. And, but at the same time, we're a part of the greater body of Christ. We're not by ourselves. We're not alone on this little island. We are a part of the kingdom of God. And, but God has drawn you here for purpose, and we need to be who God's called us to be. But we've got to be willing to relate so that we can reach, so that we can pour into somebody, so that they're not rebelling against us. Amen. And so here's the apostles, and Jesus then tells them, says, you have to forgive if your brother and sister sins against you, and they come to you and ask for forgiveness, you've got to forgive them. That's the next verse. And then he says, he says this, and this is crazy. He said, if they come to you seven times, right? Forgive them. You know, the apostle says, wait a minute, Lord. Even the law doesn't require us to forgive them that much. You've just passed the limit. You've, you've extended the law. He says, if they offend you this many times, keep on forgiving Somebody said, turn the other cheek. I said, well, which, which one? <laughs> but God's called us to reach. And so when, we, when these disciples understanding that here Jesus has asked them to do something beyond themselves, asking them to reach beyond their desire, reach beyond their, their legal system. Come on, somebody. How many know God stretches us? So there they say, well, Lord, increase our faith. How in the world are we going to reach those people because we don't relate to them, we don't understand them, and you're telling us that when they offend us that we're going to have to keep on forgetting, for, forgiving them. And Jesus says, seven times 70? What? 
Then he says this. He says, if you have faith as the grain of a mustard seed. Wow. Somebody said, I got this. Woo, thank you, Jesus. All I need is just a little bit of faith. How many have ever seen a mustard seed? All I got to have is just a little bitty, little bitty faith, a grain of a mustard seed. But you know, how many understand that Jesus wasn't talking about the size of your faith? Because when you look at a mustard seed and think of the quality of a mustard seed, first of all, how many have ever tasted a mustard seed? It's hot. That little bit old thing, it's like eating a whole onion. And you've been tasting that thing forever. It's hot. It's potent. So when Jesus says, if you have the grain of a mustard seed, he's saying, it's got to be potent. It's got to be powerful. You need a powerful faith. How many know in a dark world, we need a powerful faith? Amen? It's got to be powerful. But not only does it have to be powerful, when you think about a mustard seed, look, my, my wife loves to garden, and, but we don't have a garden spot now. But she loves to garden. And, and when we were in Honduras, she had these you know, squash plants and pepper plants and she had this garden going on and she planted these yellow squash I mean I love yellow squash y'all like yellow squash my son Jaden loves no yellow squash. he hates yellow squash <laughs> and, and and then she planted some some zucchini squash and I like it all I mean you can't feed me nothing that I don't like I just love food right and and so these the first little batch grew up, and there was this beautiful yellow squash, and there was these beautiful green, you know, squash. But after a little while, I started noticing there were some yellow stripes in my green squash. And my crooknecks looked a little straighter than they did when they started. And I started, what, what in the world, what's going on with my squash? There's yellow squash and green, now they're like, you know, Mixed up, variegated squash. We started a new brand. <laughs> but what happens is, is that there was a compromise because they cross-pollinate and they begin to look like each other because the more they hung out with each other, they begin to look like each other. <laughs> but you see, a mustard seed is not something that compromises. You can plant a mustard seed beside any other plant and it will grow up to be a mustard seed every single time. Amen? Amen? And so what, what Jesus was saying is that, look, you've got to have the grain, you've got to be like a grain of mustard seed. He wasn't saying you've got to be small, but you've got to be powerful. You've got to be willing not to compromise with the world because wherever you're planted, that's where you're called to grow. Wherever you are stationed, wherever you're situated, that's where you've got to be the light because if you're too busy compromising with the world, your light becomes dim and you become ineffective. And he said, if the light loses light, if the salt loses savor, it's to be cast out. I don't know about you, but I don't want to be cast out of anything. If God's called me, I want to be powerful. I want to be who he's called me to be no matter where I am. Amen. I think of Moses because, you know, Moses, when he, when he saw the burning bush, the Bible said he had to turn aside to see. How I many know that sometimes we just need to turn aside? God's moving all around us, but we're not willing to turn aside to see what God's doing amongst us. Come on, somebody. 
But let me tell you, it says, and when he turned aside, I mean, when you turn aside, God will begin to show you some revelations. And, and in the midst of that, Moses says, well, who am I, Lord, that, that I could do something? It's not about who you are. Because he says, I am that I am. If we would get to the place where we put aside who I am and let him be God in us, then we'll do what he wants us to do. Amen. Amen. Honey, I need your help. I need you to look that verse up in this Bible because it's got bigger letters. Amen. Y'all all right? And you know what's unique? Because how many understand that the Bible flows together? That the stories flow together? It's not this little, we don't dissect one piece out of it and try to elaborate this. It all flows together. And so when I look at this, and I see that in verse 7, it says, suppose one of you has a servant plowing or looking after the sheep. Will he say to the servant, where he comes in and from the field, come along now and, and sit down to eat. Won't he rather say, prepare my supper, get yourself ready and wait on, uh, wait on the, while I, I eat and drink. After that, and, you, uh, and the, after that, you'll eat and drink. Will he thank the servant because he did what he was told to do? So also, when you have done everything you were told to do, should you not say we were unworthy servants because we've only done our duty? Wow. We ask for God to increase our faith, but we're only willing to do the minimal to see God move. We want God to manifest himself but we're too busy sitting on the fence cheering on other people to get close to God, hoping that some way, if they'll get to God, maybe we'll get to God too. Amen. You know, in, in Spanish, they would say, Ay de mi. Because the fact is, is we want God. We say we want God, but our actions don't line up with our words. We say we want to see a move of God, but we, are we really willing to awaken ourselves to have early morning prayer times? Are we willing to get together and seek His face? Are we willing to allow God to move? Because let me tell you, if God moves, it may cause some changes in your life. Are you willing to allow Him to move? Because if we're only doing our duty, well, I pay my tithe, I go to church, you know, I go on Sunday mornings, I'm an SMO, Sunday morning only. And I mean, better than the CMO, Christmas only, <laughs> or an EMO, Easter morning only. I mean, the thing is, is that we, we, we think that we, if we could just do the minimum, I'm not trying to, I'm not trying understand me. I'm not talking about your salvation. You understand me? He says those who call on the name of the Lord will be saved. But I'm talking about do you truly want to have a deeper walk with God? Do you truly want to experience Him in the depths of relationship that shakes you in your boots, that you see God's glory coming down and it just overwhelms you and you see the fire of God falling in your house and your home and on your children and on your church and look that's what we're longing for that's what we're seeking we're seeking 
to align ourselves with God's presence. It's not about us. It's not about what we can do. It's not about how we can make it better. It's about God let you move and God let us align ourselves with who you are because if you're moving, then God, I want to move with you. If you're flowing, then God, I want to flow with you. If you say run, let's run. If you say shout, let's shout. If you say dance, then let us dance, God. Amen. See, here's what's happened because you have to go to the next story in that same passage because uh, it goes into the leper. And so these lepers came to Jesus. And, and how many understand what leprosy is all about? How many like to eat armadillo? I don't see any of you like eat armadillo. Why? Because it's a disease-carrying animal. Why is that? Because an armadillo's temperature is about two to three degrees lower than the body heat that we carry, and so therefore it is a carrier of diseases. And leprosy is significant that if you get leprosy, usually your fingertips, all these extremities have lower grades of degree than the rest of your body, and leprosy begins to grow in those extremities. Uh-huh. See, when we get cool to, in our relationship with God, it opens the door for the disease of the enemy to sneak in. And we wonder why we get sick. We wonder why we are, are no longer immune to the things of the world because God's called us to be on fire for him. But when we get cold, we get lukewarm. And the Bible says, if you're lukewarm, I'll spew you out of my mouth. I don't want to be cold. I want to be on fire. I want to see God move. I want to experience His presence and power. Y'all all right this morning? Y'all still love me? You got to, to go to heaven. <laughs> so here's the leopard and the calling from the other side. So what do you want? And Jesus, you know, in those days, if the, the leper wore a bale, and they were not supposed to get within 200 yards of someone else, and, and here these leper came, and they were asking Jesus for healing, and they were probably yelling it out, you know, hey, we need healing. And, but Jesus, how many know he didn't follow the rules? Jesus touched him, and he healed him. And, and the Bible says that they made their way. He, he said, go and show yourself to the priest, because... He wanted them to understand that there's a process. And so they went to show themselves, and one came back. The Bible says one came back and fell at his feet and, and praised him for the healing that he re received. And, and, and the Bible is specific because it called him a Samaritan. Mm. The unlikely one, the one who's an outcast, is the one who came back. How I many you know that there's a lot of religious people who expect God to do things who never return to bow down before him and say, Thank you, Jesus. They wasn't required to come back to Jesus, but guess what? They were required to go to the priest. That's what the law said. Once you are healed, you go show yourself to the priest. The priest then can mark you off the list. You don't have to stay in that place anymore. You don't have to wear that bell anymore. But Jesus is trying to show them that there's more than just following the process. You've got to know that you know Jesus. You've got to come back and praise him. You've got to do more. If you want more, you've got to do more.
I'm going on about 20 minutes right now. Lastly, it said that talking to the talking to the Pharisees verse 19 said he said to them stand up and go your faith has made you whole and it goes on verse 20 says now having been questioned by the Pharisees as to when the kingdom of God was coming he answered them and said the kingdom of God is not coming with signs to be observed nor will they say, look here it is, or there it is. For behold, the kingdom of God is in your midst. When I look at that, I realize that. It says the kingdom of God will not come with signs to be observed. The, the, the thing is that there's too many religious people trying to look so critical at the world. And they think, well... It's not coming because our critical eyes looking at everything else. He's already here. And if we'll get to the place where we worship Him as if the presence of power of God's already here because as it is in heaven, so shall it be on earth. Yes, I'm looking forward to a day when we are all uh, joined around the throne of God, but when we get to the place where we understand and recognize that the power and presence of God is right here, we're waiting for this spectacular moment for Jesus to step out on the clouds. And so am I. But you know what? You've got to walk where you want to be. Because if you recognize that he's the king of kings and lord of lords. And his kingdom is not just then. It's now that we can walk in the kingdom of God right now. That we can walk in the authority right now. That we can experience the power and presence of God right now. And when we start walking in the presence of God, we quit critically looking at everything around us and stop trying to find everything else that might line up and just start living for Jesus. Just start glorifying Him. Just start recognizing that the presence and power of God's right here. You want healing? He's right here to heal. You want salvation? He's right here to bring salvation. You want deliverance? He's right here to deliver you. You don't have to go somewhere. You can find it right here. God, increase our faith to know that there's going to be some, some very enduring times because those who endure to the end shall be saved. God, increase our faith to recognize that, that this latter-day revival that we're longing for may cost us something. God, awaken us to understand that there's more to this life than just the common duties of what we have always thought church should be. And help us to recognize that we are the church. We are the body of Christ. God, that you are doing a work in us, and you want to do something through us that's more powerful because you said these signs shall follow them that believe. God, let us follow the flow of your Holy Spirit. Let us be awakened by you and your truth. Let us walk in the presence and power of God. Let us be hungry 
for not just the sufficiency, but Lord, let us be hungry for the king's table that you've prepared before us. Lord, once again, wet our whistle for the things of God. And Lord, I pray that you'll put a distaste in our mouth for the things that only feed the flesh. Lord, let us keep our eyes on you. Thank you, Jesus. Somebody will play the keyboard or guitar or something. You know, this morning, God wants to increase our faith. And, 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 and I don't want to sound in, in any way any inkling of condemnation because that is not what Christ was flowing here. What he's saying is, is that you can't do this by yourself. You don't have the ability. He's trying to tell them, look, boys, you can't forgive in that measure. That's why the apostle said, look, increase our faith, because they recognize there's no way. There's no way that we can live this life without the presence of the Holy Spirit prodding us, directing us, and leading us. But I will tell you this, if you will let the Holy Spirit lead you, if you will allow the presence of God to direct you, I really believe that we're going to see sons and daughters saved in this house. I really believe that we're going to see husbands and wives coming to the Lord. I believe we're going to see some drug addict spouses, sons and daughters find Jesus. Not because of who we are, but because we allow him to move in our presence. Because we allow him to flow through us. I believe that. How many want to see that? How many right now would say, Pastor, I have somebody in my home that needs Jesus. Yeah. Yeah. So I believe that God's stirring you up. He's stirring you up. He's doing something He's doing something in you right now. There's a spark in your life. There's something that's just about to... It's like fuel. It's been bubbling. You've been wanting it. And God's about to ignite you for something powerful. Radical things are going to happen in your home because you said, I'm tired of just doing my simple duty. I want to see more. I'm tired of just, you know, my now I lay me down to sleep prayer. I'm fixing to go after God. I'm fixing, I, I'm, a, I'm putting on the full armor of God right now. I'm putting that helmet on. I've got that sword out. I've got the shield out. We're fixing to fight a battle. And I know that just as Joshua on the battlefield and the angel of the Lord demonstrated himself to him, I know we're not alone. That when we'll, we'll get suited up, if we get ready, it's not that God's joining us in this battle. We're just joining Him. We've got to flip that switch. 
God, I need you in my battle. No, God's saying, I'm in the battle's already won. I'm, I'm, I'm in this thing. You just need to join me. You need to get suited up. You can't sit on the sidelines. The Bible says without vision, my people perish. What it literally means is that the people become naked. See, without a vision of understanding that God is almighty and when we join him, we get suited up. Because without him, the lack of vision, the lack of revelation of who he is, we walk around defenseless. We've got a battle to fight. Got a war to rage because sons and daughters need Jesus, spouses need Jesus, there's families who need Jesus. It's time to fight the battle. Let me rejoin this battle. Amen. Amen. Would you stand on your feet where you are right now? If you're visiting with us, we're going to treat you so many ways you're going to like one of them. We love you. We're so thankful you're here. There's some non-negotiables that we have in this church, and one of those is we will follow the leading of the Holy Spirit. We're here to glorify God. We're here to love people. We're here to make disciples. We're here to meet needs, and we're here to gather harvest. That's what God's called us to be, called us to do. We recognize that we're in, this, we're in the same thing together. We're on the same team. We're a multiple uh, group. We got different ideas. We look different. We got tall, short, small, stout, good. We got us all. We're all one body. And we have one purpose. That's because everybody needs Jesus. And we need to be on that same page. We need everybody suited up. Because we want some people to to get to know Jesus. Amen? If you don't mind, would you just take that your right hand, or if your right hand, take your right hand, if your left hand, take your left hand. And I want you to grasp like you're grasping a sword this morning. We're going to take that, that spiritual sword and we're going to cut through some chains that may be binding this morning. Amen? Father, this, this morning we thank you for your presence. We thank you, God, for the demonstration of your Holy Spirit. We thank you for the words that you spoke into us this morning. And Lord, this morning we prophetically declaring with the word of God, the sword of the Spirit in our hand. This is not our sword, it is the sword of the Spirit that we've been given, that we've been given the rights to use as the body of Christ. And Lord, there's some chains that need to be broken in our family. There's some chains that need to be broken in our own minds. Because we have declared over ourselves that we're unworthy. We have said things about ourselves that we're unable. But this morning, in the name of Jesus, we take the sword and we cut those chains off of our mind. Lord, we declare over our children that they'll be saved in Jesus' name. And we cut the words that the enemy has spoken over them. We cut the chains in Jesus' name. Lord, those who have been bound by whatever drug or alcohol or any other addiction that they might be bound with this morning in Jesus name through the power of the Holy Spirit through the declaration of the word of God through the blood of Jesus that was shed on Calvary we break the chains this morning hallelujah Lord we we call families together 
where the enemies tried to bring division and tried to bring separation and hardship and tried to cause destruction in families. This morning, through the power of the Holy Spirit, through the Word of God, we declare families to come back together in unity of the Spirit of the Lord and the declaration that God has made over them that the two shall be one in Jesus' name. Lord, right now, I pray for those who are sick in body. And Lord, we declare in Jesus' name through the Word of God, through the Spirit of the Lord, Your Word says, by Your stripes they were healed. And Lord, we declare the healing stripes of Jesus over the sick of this church right now. God, for healing to flow, whether it be Morningside or Blunt Memorial or UT Hospital or whatever home they're in, in Jesus' name, you're not limited to time or space, but you're even right there where they are. Bring healing in Jesus' name. This morning, whatever, whatever it is that you're facing, whatever it is, I want you to, to put that that, is, that situation into God's hands. And I want you to declare right now for to be taken care of. Lord, we place whatever situation it is, you name it, we place it in your hands. And we ask God that as we align ourselves with you and we surrender and submit to your perfect will, God, that you speak into our circumstance. And Lord, I pray you'll breathe life into us. And Lord, as it is in heaven, let it be right here, God. Let the kingdom of God that is amongst us right now be revealed in these situations where hope and life speak forth. And Lord, the fire of God is able to fall in those situations in Jesus' name. God, we declare it. We believe it. In Jesus' name. Let me believe that this morning. Amen. You know what I'm expecting this week? I'm expecting to get some messages this week. Pastor, this took place this week. I'm expecting that. How many will expect with me? Amen. I'm expecting to hear miracles that took place in your home and your life this week. And next, next week or the next week, we might have some testimonies. Because I think the Bible says we live by the, word of our by the blood of the Lamb and the word of our testimony. And so it would be nice to hear some testimonies of what God has done in your life. I'm believing that God's doing something. Even right now, it's already stirring in your spirit. It's already happening. I'm believing that. I'm going to, I'm going to look forward to hearing what God's done.